Cincinnati, Ohio. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. What's up, everybody? Is Marvin Lewis July head coach or no? Ah, I guess. Yes, yes he is. Ah. <laughs> and here in the capital city, it's your boy Malcolm Morgan. How's everybody doing on this lovely evening? Fellas, I got a lot to say today. So, Ooh. yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about some things, but it's all oh, good. Oh. It's all oh. good. How's it? How, how are you, my brethren? Angry Keith is the best Keith. It um, is the best Keith. Fire breathing Keith. I'll take it, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good on a on a on a brisk December day in the two one six. Just ready to get into this robust show that we have. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna uh, go a deep dive a little bit on Anger Keith. Anger Keith is the best Keith because one of his best anger takes was this this day we were talking about Russell Westbrook and he just went clean off. <laughs> Just this guy will never win. Da, 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 da. And, and I wasn't I even angry that day. I was just saying what I felt. You know, I just <laughs> hey, don't win. And then somebody literally commented. On, we put up the uh, the video preview on Instagram. And somebody said, "This guy sounds crazy." <laughs> hey. Oh shoot! I'm just saying, man. It it still ain't happened yet. Just saying. Keith is in KD's camp, man. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 you want to oh, get him angry. There you easy, go. Easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. You want to get Keith angry. Go ahead. Keep saying that. No. All right. Mm-mm. Well, we've got a lot of things to cover today. We thought that we were going to be focusing on the college football playoff, but big news came out of Columbus yesterday morning with the announced retirement of Urban Meyer from the Ohio State football team. He'll be retiring after uh, the Rose Bowl game and will be replaced by offensive coordinator Ryan Day. Guys, as Ohio State fans, as Urban Meyer admirers, as Buckeye sycophants, how are you feeling about this decision? For starters, um, I I actually have been expecting this since uh, y'all. It's been a long season. It really <laughs> I, has. <laughs> um, it's been a long season for the players. I'm sure it's been a long season for the fans. Um, but I am certain it has been a long season for Urban Meyer. Urban yeah. Meyer has been in the um, in the in the place of uh, the kid who got in trouble at school, and all day long, after the principal calls you in, and you know that they said that they called your parents, you are just in that suspenseful place, just kind of waiting. Um, and and I think you know even <laughs> waiting for that whooping when you get home, <laughs> and so even if, even once. Um, he was cleared uh, from all the Zach Smith stuff and all of the media day shenanigans and Ryan Day, you know, coaching them up uh, pretty great in his absence and mm-hmm. coming back probably hearing whispers about his job and all the stress and Urban Meyer looking like he was literally about to pass out on the sideline for most <laughs> yeah. games, man. All year. Um, 
I I I definitely have seen this as you know things accumulating toward this end, and so it's of no real surprise to me. Um, I am you know uh, from a culture perspective, you know, you're sad to see him go, but. <laughs> I won't miss the scandal. I won't miss the the endless questions about the integrity of the program. Uh, we know we know college sports. We know that there's stuff going on. Um, it's just what is it that you allow? I mean, are we talking boosters and, and and money under the table, or are we talking cover ups? And so scandal and and things like that is it just wears on you. Um, and this year maybe the only year it got the publicity that it got, but there've been whispers about what's going on with the program. Uh, down in Columbus, not you know, not to this extent, but I don't know. All in all, I mean, I, I'm grateful for how what what he was able to do um, as a Buckeyes head coach, but I think it's time to move on. <sighs> um, sadly, I agree with you, Ian. Um, I was listening to Tom Rinaldi, who was on ESPN yesterday, talking about how behind the scenes, and there's a story up about it behind the scenes. Um, he heard Urban talking to his wife, you know, about do I, you know, asking her, does he look healthy? And, you know, what would it mean if this is my last year coaching? And, of course, Paul Feinbaum was talking about, you know, earlier in the year that this was probably going to be Urban's last season. Look, in the day, I am grateful for what he's done. Uh, 82 and 9, 54 and 4 in the Big uh, in the Big 10, 7 and 0 against the team up north. Um the first inaugural national championship under the playoff system. He brought football. I mean, not that it had left Ohio state, but he brought this, this level of greatness back to Ohio state after Jim Trestle and Luke fickle was awful and all these type of things. I'm grateful for what he's done. Now this whole piece and this whole, this scandal and, and all this type of stuff, like, I was sick about I was sick of it. I wish just like many other things, I wish he would have just came out and and admitted his guilt and dealt with it. But he continued to lie and continued to make himself look like a fool. Um, It was just bad. It was all bad. I lost the respect for him. He's still a great coach and it matters not. And I'm so sick of people like talking about some look that that ain't his business. That's that's, you know, uh, uh, coach you know, uh, Smith's blah, 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 blah. I'm like, look, y'all, this man should have done something. And he was responsible and under contract, he's supposed to report anything and he did not. And, and so I'm just, you know, gosh, guys, it's just, it's all bad. But at the end of the day, again, I'm grateful. Do I believe he's done coaching? I mean, I had a lot of Florida fans who was like, look, y'all about to get urban Meyer, just like we did. Uh, he going to take a year or two off and he going to end up at another program, USC or some type of program. And I'm just like, look, I don't know. I know that he does not look good. He needs some counseling. He needs a lot. Of, he needs some prayer. He needs a little bit of everything, honestly, at this point, because he'd be on that sideline looking help, hopeless and helpless. Um, but, you know, I, I will thank him for putting a great game plan together because uh, if this was going to be his last year, at least he didn't go out losing to that team up north. So I am grateful that we stomped a mud hole in them again. But um, mud hole, uh, oh, my goodness, mud hole, Ian. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, Malcolm, I'm sure this is music to your little ears, and um, 
Yeah, but I don't have much else to say, guys. You know, I'm grateful for what he's done, but, you know, we've already lost two commits already. So Ryan Day's got his work cut out for him. I did like the way he coached coached that team. Uh, I thought thought he was aggressive. I thought, you know, he really um, put good game plans together for Dwayne Haskins in that offense. I honestly, at some points, liked what he did a little bit better than Urban. Um, So, but he's still, you know, he's got his work cut out for him. So that's all I got to say. First of all, let's let's talk about the positive. Urban Meyer is one of the greatest coaches of of this generation. Absolutely. Um, you know, just a step below um, Nick Saban. Um, but what he did for Ohio State, coming off the scandal that they had come off of, they had up to that point been a traditional Big Ten team, big, strong running game, and he really modernized that program in a way that they hadn't been modernized before. Trestle ball was uh, awful. Awful. Yeah. I mean, they, they won, but sometimes in those big games, they would just get blown off the field. But that, was, that wasn't that was going to be the case with Urban coming in, the way he can recruit, the athletes he's able to bring in, the offense that he runs. Um, you know, you have to respect what he's done at Ohio State, what he's done at Florida. Um, you know, he came up short in some big games that I think people forget about, um, whether it's the game this year against Purdue or the Big Ten Championship against Michigan State. Or that home loss they had against Michigan State one year. Uh, he could have easily had one or two more national championships if they win those games. Especially with Zeke. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Gosh, um, man. They, yeah, they we, did have some opportunities to make this a truly special, dynastic situation in Ohio State. But some of those losses really hurt them. Um, but I definitely respect that. But there's also the other side of this where not only at Ohio State but at Florida – a lot of off-the-field issues yep. um, with players, um, you know, shady things going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, I read an article that brought up some stuff that I didn't even realize had happened. And, you know, I've tried to do my best to just, you know, focus on the positive. He was a great coach. I actually enjoyed his coaching at Florida. And he was a, a, a good coach at Ohio State. But some of the scandal things that have been going on at Ohio State kind of tainted his his standing for me. Um, do I think that he'll coach again? I would lean toward yes eventually. He's only 54 years old. This isn't like a 60-year-old or 65-year-old coach. Um, he's still young. And, you know, if he can figure out that he – remember, guys, he re- retired the last time because of health problems. And then all of a sudden he was – a year later he was healthy and ready to – Right, right. Oh, yes, I'm, I feel great. <laughs> I feel – so, you know, a couple years in TV, seeing his grandkids for a little bit. You know, I think uh, we'll rehabilitate his image and maybe make him want to coach again. The the one thing that I think may keep him from coaching is that, you know, Ohio State is really the job that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a homecoming for him. How could you top that as a coach to be able to coach your home, your home team? So we'll see. But he is still going to be connected with the university. Obviously, he's a he's a person that will be able to fundraise and will still be connected to the football program in some way. So good luck to him in retirement. Um and they've got a tough test coming up against Washington in the Rose Bowl. Um, hopefully, that'll be a good game. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I, let's let's be fair. Sometimes you just need a break, and so you Kyle know Lowry his his, his <laughs> hey, right. He, so Irvin just needed to decompress when he retired from <laughs> from Florida. Uh, but I mean, I quit too if Tim Tebow left. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't want. Uh, 
oh, on my heart. Oh, oh don't be, don't be it's ugly. broken. Don't be ugly. Um, <laughs> and he didn't do bad coming into Braxton Miller either. Um, right. I mean, I listen. I, I I know what I mentioned about the scandal and everything. Like you said, we're, we're talking about if if when he left Florida, when you know when he was in the market and whispers started going on about him at Ohio State. Um, there was still that weight behind it, that weight of that, I mean, this potentially legendary coach coming to a legendary program. Um, so what happened at Florida, though there were some some whispers and some questionable things going on, um, and apparently the Zach Smith thing going on, mm-hmm. but um, uh, it, he was still able to maintain um, his prestige uh, so I think if you're looking at either one of those situations, either his Florida or the Ohio State situation in a vacuum, um, you know, that that weight would still be behind his name. Honestly, now that he has both of them uh, on his resume and both of them are well documented, even journalists have have done more digging uh, because there, there's, you know, there's, there's clearly a lot there. Um, I don't know how much weight his name holds at this point. I think universities have to ask themselves when he's available um, yeah, you know, the prestige and the recruiting and all of that comes. And ultimately, that's what they care about because that's money. But in this more in this in this culture that cares more about optics, you got to ask yourself as a, as a university, if you want to bring in that trouble. And if I it's a university, Ian. He's not going pro. Yeah, he's not going pro. Yeah. Oh, God, no. I, don't I know. mean, I, don't, I wouldn't think so either. But hey, guys, you know. Stranger things have happened. You know what? That's that, that's true. Guys get in perilous situation, and then suddenly, it's like you know, I want to try my hand at, at pro. So, I mean, I, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. I just, I don't think he is. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: college football. They, honestly, they do not care about your checkered past as long as you can win football games. Bobby Petrino got caught with his mistress on a on a, a motorcycle. Um, lied about it and then got caught and got fired and he still ended up with a job <laughs> um, uh, that he just got fired from. Um, John John Calipari continues to get jobs even though he continues to get schools in big uh, recruiting and other violation trouble. Yep. Butch mean, Davis got another job after all of his issues. True. So like it's not where, where's, these where's people, Lane Kiffin right now? Lane Kiffin. Where's where's and you know you might say this is. And well, Lane is an annoying human being, so that's, right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's another problem. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, if, if we jump to basketball, where's um, um, Patino? Wait a little bit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a little while. Cav, um, Cavs need a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, crazy. all the stuff in Michigan State with Tom Izzo, like. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know if people realize there there's a trial going on the last couple months where the NCAA has coaches on tape talking about paying recruits and nothing has happened with those coaches. Nope. Bill Self being amongst those coaches and some other big time coaches and nothing is ha- like nobody is getting in trouble, nobody's getting suspended, no eligibility questions. The trial came and went and it's okay, basketball's going on, let's let's watch. Like these schools in the NCAA really don't care. They nope. if it gets if it gets egregious enough mm-hmm. that they have to do something, they will. But yeah. they know they know that stuff's going on. They they really don't. They want to keep this pure image of the of the uh, of college athletics as these pure 
athletes doing it for the love of the game and these coaches that just love the kids. And it's not always about that. Nope. But you know, Malcolm, you know what I will say, Malcolm, you are a lot more mild than I thought you were going to be, man. I thought you were about to, you know, say some crazy stuff, man. But you, you kept it mellow when we was talking about this whole urban situation. He's a really good coach. So I guess I'm I'm the only one that doesn't think he's coming back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're the only one, brother, right now, honestly. Like, now, he may this may be a longer time off, yeah, you know? Yeah. this He may pull a John Gruden and go a few years, yeah. but somehow he may make his way back onto that sideline, man. Yeah. Y'all really think he Brett Favre of a coaching out here? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, listen, what's that old saying go? You know, fool me, fool me once, shame on, on uh, you, fool me twice. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Shame on me. So I don't know, man. I don't. I just don't see it. I I don't see him being done, especially with, like Malcolm said, with him being young. And then he he went on record saying football is all he knows. Like yeah. I mean, now of course he could get a commentating job and and still make a a good living and be yeah. fine. But I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Bill Snyder retired, and he was he was old when he did that, and then he came back. Heck, Mac Mac is back at North Carolina. Like goodness, right. Joe Gibbs quit for like a decade and came back. <laughs> I admit, 54 is, 54 is young. It's, yeah. it's definitely, uh, yeah. Don't worry. Some, some young quarterback prospect will end up at USC, and then he'll be like, oh, you know what? I feel healthy. You know what? <laughs> you know, everybody's or, or, good. <laughs> or he'll end up, at Michi- end up at Michigan. I want to hear Baker Mayfield's take on that. Chill. That first of all, I'd be just dying laughing if that happened. Yeah. Um, I'd, just I'd be, be dying, dying another way. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh wait, so you'd be upset about it? You wouldn't be like, oh, it's just a business. He can do what he wants. No, no, a, a fake out retirement is your choice. No, <laughs> 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 nah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be upset about that. Oh, you'd be upset in, huh? Oh, Listen, so retirement you, you is not kind of getting huh? fired. Look, can I, can I turn my microphone up? Retirement <laughs> is not getting fired. Oh, oh, all right, gosh. we're gonna let that go, guys. That's a little insider conversation that we've been having for quite some time. We're going to switch gears to, surprisingly, the the uh, second story in our rundown, the college football playoff. It pretty much went how we predicted it. Um, th- there weren't any upsets um, in the championship games. Um, Cotton Bowl will feature number two Clemson versus number three Notre Dame in Arlington, Texas. And the Orange Bowl will feature number one Alabama versus number four Oklahoma in Miami. Now, we are going to do some more detailed takes later on as we get closer to these games. But, guys, which one of these games are you most looking forward to? And we'll just stick with that for now. We'll go into some more deep analysis in a couple episodes. I think for me it's definitely the the 1-4 matchup. Um, Absolutely. I, I cannot wait to see what Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is going to be able to do against that Bama defense. Um, you know, and then Oklahoma's defense is very suspect. Um, so it could be a shootout, but it could not be. Um, I thought, gosh, man, like, uh, I think the last time these two teams played Oklahoma beat them. It was, it was so fun to watch. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think that a guy like Kyler Murray could really give, um, Alabama some trouble in fits like he would give to anybody. Um, just because of how fast he is, how he makes 
right decisions so quickly. Um, if if Oklahoma can really get that run game, you know, if it can solidly put up put up, I'd say maybe seventy five yards on the ground without Kyler Murray uh, mm-hmm. from from Trey Sermon and um, what's the name of your other running back? Um, dang, um, I can't. Too fast. Kennedy Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, there we go. Um, this this could be a another upset for Alabama, honestly. Um, so so that's the one I'm looking forward to most. Um, Hopefully we see Tua healthy because I would love to see those yeah. those two quarterbacks yeah. go at it. Um, so prayerfully that you know he gets all the rehab and and everything he needs so he'll he'll be ready to go. That's the one I'm looking forward to for sure. Yeah, um, I'm not even gonna talk about the other game. It's definitely the one for um, and yeah, big question. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, is uh, is Tua going to be there? Is he going to be able to um, to participate? And so. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, if Kyler Murray can uh, bring it with his legs. We, uh, um, you know, if he if he can if he can rush the ball. Um, I'm sorry, if he can, and also um, if two is there, if he can. Um, the one loss mm-hmm. that Oklahoma has is to Texas, and what did they do? Uh, they had a quarterback that was killing them with his with his legs as well as his arm. Um, uh, against Texas, Ellinger, you know, he had a pretty good, pretty good game throwing the ball, but also uh, was able to find the end zone three times. And not that Tua would have to be that effective, but if you can put pressure on that defense, um, clearly they have a tendency to spread and leave lanes open um, um, for the quarterback if he can make some things happen. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the game that I'm watching. Um, I. I will watch Clemson Notre Dame just out of obligation. I'm not that interested <laughs> in that game at all. So, yeah, and and you know if we if we know anything about recipes to beat Alabama in the past few years, like I go back to 2014 when Ohio State um, was able to upset them at the at the four seed. It was Ezekiel Elliott having a field day on him, number one, mm-hmm. um, and then two, um, Cardell Jones being able to extend plays with his legs. He wasn't the fastest, but at some points he was literally running over Alabama like linebackers because uh, he was so big and he was making a lot of plays. So that's I'm telling you guys, man, if if Murray and then, of course, um, Sermon and Brooks, if they if that running game is solid, Alabama is really in trouble. Seriously. Well, I'll make an argument for the other game because I want to be different. Um Clemson, Notre Dame. I'm interested to see. This is going to be by far the best offense that Notre Dame has faced all year. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, dual threat quarterback. Um, this Etienne guy, he was Etienne. lighting up Pittsburgh. Good Lord. I literally turned on the ACC championship game, and he's running for a touchdown already. I was like, jeez. <laughs> um, so they're going to be really tested, and that Clemson defense is no slouch. I think the matchup we all really want to see is – this Clemson versus this Alabama team in the in the final. Um, two Not teams really. That, I, I want to. That's what I want to see. I want to see those teams. I think are the the two most complete teams in the playoff. Um, I'm an Oklahoma fan, obviously. I just have serious concerns on whether or not we can get any pressure on Tua, and if we can't do that, it's gonna be a long day. Um, yeah. So. But I'm interested to see if that Notre Dame defense, how real they are against this kind of competition that they haven't faced in Clemson. And then see how the young quarterback, Lawrence, is going to play under the biggest spotlight he's ever been in. 
um, and it gets a blue blood program like Notre Dame. Um, I mean, Clemson, you know, with this freshman quarterback, they have a they have an opportunity to be a good team for the next three or four years, depending on how long Lord stays there. So if they can um, have a good showing in this playoff and possibly even get a national championship out of it, they're in a great position to be um, one of these teams that is good for a long time. But we're going to talk more about these games, obviously, as we get closer. We don't want to go too deep. Um, yeah. But let's also talk about some of the New Year, other New Year Six Bowl games. The Fiesta Bowl, LSU against UCF. The Rose Bowl, Washington versus Ohio State. And the Sugar Bowl, Texas, will be taking on Georgia from the SEC. Which one of these games are you guys looking forward to watching? Obviously, the easy pick would be the Rose Bowl because you guys like Ohio State. But if you can dig just a little bit deeper, which game were you most interested in seeing? Actually, I had a different game in mind anyways, Malcolm. Thank you. Go ahead, Ian. I don't want to steal Keith's thunder, but I feel like I might. Uh, I'm actually going to be watching for the Peach Bowl. Um, So Florida versus Michigan. That's not a New Year's. I was talking about the New Year's Bowls specifically. Oh, my bad. Wait. Oh, that's on the 29th. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got yeah, are you. you. Watching, are you watching Duke basketball right now? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> listeners, ignore what you hear. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I'm interested uh, in the Fiesta Bowl. I want to see UCF. I admittedly have not watched a lot of them this season, yeah. um, but there's a lot of outrage saying that they got snubbed. I want to see what they bring to the table. Um, against LSU. Uh, it's a 1 p.m. game. I, I kind of hate that it's placed there, but I feel like that is a very adequate representation of how they've been treated this season. Let's stick let's stick to UCF game at 1 p.m. Why not? Um, so, you know, probably won't pull big ratings, but, um, you know, I think we know what we get from a lot of these other teams. Um, this is a big test for UCF. Uh, if that program is going to continue uh, building and and uh, and bringing teams that contend uh, to the table, this is their opportunity to really showcase on a national stage. And so um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what we get out of them. LSU is not – they're not the – the formidable giant that we thought they might be at certain, at certain points in the season. Remember we were talking about them coming out of the sec. Um, but I do, I do at least believe it's an adequate test uh, to see if UCF moving forward. A lot of this stuff becomes uh, um, how much have you captured the eye and the imagination of the country. Um, and so, you know, I think if they do that and if they do something convincing, do something special, uh, folks won't be able to help but to but to talk about them and hopefully give them a nod in the future because I think we need some new blood in these in these top team pictures. Um, yeah, you know, well, I'm glad you didn't say my game because I'm honestly most looking forward to Texas and Georgia. Well, uh, I was on the wrong day, Keith. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Texas, Georgia. I mean, you know, Georgia with with you know Kirby Smart talking about how they still deserve the shot to be in a playoff, which to me is just asinine. Like, come on, you you have two losses. You didn't win your conference championship. You don't deserve a spot. Sorry. Um, but I want to see how, how they're still going to play and, and also how Texas, after they lost, you know, in conference championship game to Oklahoma, I want to see how that team is going to fare against this Georgia defense that is ridiculous. I want to see if Ellinger is going to be able to 
um, make plays mm-hmm. with his feet like he did against Oklahoma and all uh, with the speed of the SEC defense. So, yeah, I mean, you know, will we will we end the season saying Texas is back or not? Texas is back. Texas is back. <laughs> it's back. Uh, will we end it? I, I, I don't know. This is going to be a stern test for Texas. So, um, so yeah, that's the game I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and I agree with you, Ian. You know, I really want to see what UCF is going to do. If they beat LSU, it may be time to think about going to a different conference to potentially play in a conference championship and and mm. and, and make some moves to potentially make a playoff. You know, mm. um, if they're if they're getting that good, we'll see. LSU is you know a lot of people are talking about LSU is going to beat the crap out of them. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see that game too. But definitely this Texas Georgia matchup. You know, I want to find a reason to pick UCF to win that game, but they also are going to be missing Mackenzie Milton, and um, that LSU mm. defense is pretty good. So I don't know if I'm ex- so. Since you guys picked all the other games, my misdirection worked. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the Washington Ohio State game. <laughs> we get our, we get a traditional Pac-12, uh, Pac-12. Gosh, I'm not used to saying that. Pac-12 versus Big Ten matchup. It's weird. Um, if, if there is any coach in college football who I trust to put together a game plan in a one-game scenario, it's Chris Peterson at Washington. Um, I watched him do it when that Boise team went up against Oklahoma. Oh, man, what a game. Everybody. Man. Um, so I think in a one-game scenario, Chris Peterson is a wild card because he, he knows how to draw up plays that nobody has seen <laughs> all season. Um, that Washington defense is pretty good. Um, if they can make Ohio State one-dimensional, I think that's going to be a big um, plus in their favor. And they have an elite running back in Miles Gaskin who I think can give Ohio State issues. Um, But, of course, on the other side, Washington's got to keep up with Dwayne Haskins, who's one of the hottest players in college football right now. Um, They're starting to get some contributions from the running game, and the defense has been improved in their last couple games. So I want to see Ohio State's obviously going to be emotional, wanting to win this game for Urban. Um, and get some momentum going into the recruiting season. Washington wants to prove that they are not a fluke championship uh, champion in the Pac-12, um, and they want to prove that they're one of the elite teams. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that shapes up in the Rose Bowl. So now, Ian, we could talk about the best of the rest of the games. Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Again, um, interested in that chi- in that Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, uh, Florida and Michigan uh, definitely should be. Florida's been a team that I've been. Uh, I don't want to say impressed with because that frankly wouldn't be true. But they have shown some. <laughs> <laughs> they have shown some flashes throughout the year where I, have, I really have enjoyed watching them. Um, I think they're a gritty team. They're a tough team. Michigan is well documented, although they did lose to Ohio State and. Pretty bad fashion. Um, Very bad. Up, yes, sir. Up until then, uh, admittedly, um, um, they were one of the best teams in the country. And so um, it, it's interesting. You know, there's there's the question of whether or not Harbaugh will still have a job um, afterward. Really, which really there, It's out really there. Doing? It's out there. So exactly. I'm acknowledging it. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, Paul so, Feinbaum's not saying that. I don't believe it. <laughs> Some of it was rash, was rash reaction to losing that game the way that they did. Um, some of it is just, you know, angry Michigan fans that say he can't win that big game, so he should be fired. Um, and, they, and they define 
uh, their coaches by how they do in that rivalry. Um, where I, I would think that you'd be a little more concerned about, you know, whether or not you're winning championships, but they're not doing that either. <laughs> um, you know, and in large part because they keep losing to Ohio State. So, um, yeah, I, but yet and still, I think uh, this this becomes a statement game of sort. You know, can they bounce back, you know, or are they in their own heads? Are they going to play like the Michigan that's been playing all year long or – uh, well, we see residue from that Ohio State game, so I'm interested in that one. And another storyline on that one, Jim McElwain is the wide receiver coach for Michigan um, and was fired slash resigned from Florida um, last season. So I know he's going to want to uh, prove that they were wrong. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, that was actually on my list of best of the rest as well. Um I actually have some lower bowls that I'm interested in, one of them being the First Responder Bowl. First of all, these bowl names are out of control. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely out of control. Uh, but the First Responder Bowl with Boston College versus Boise State, um, we haven't talked a lot about Boise State on this program because we don't care about them. But um, <laughs> they're a solid team again this year, I believe. I believe they won the, um, what, the Mountain West Conference or whatever conference they're in now. I can't keep up with who's in what conference. Uh, Boston College has a great running back at A.J. Dillon, who got off to a hot start, had some injuries, but did finish the season strong. I want to see kind of how this old-school Boston College offense, where they're just going to pound you with the running game, how are they going to go up against this um, Boise State offense, uh, led by Brett Rippon, a senior quarterback who's been really solid for them over the years. Um, that's one of those games that I think could be fun to watch on one of the lower-card games. Yeah, fellas, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing. Like, I really just don't. The only other one I was, you know, only one I was thinking about was Florida and Michigan as well. So, yeah. y'all done said it all. That's about all I care about, honestly. I can't even lie to you. You don't want to see your Bearcats? Who's Bearcats? Your, your hometown team. Man, I don't care nothing about no Bearcats, man. I don't. I don't care nothing about that. I really don't, bro. I hope Luke Fickle does well, but I don't care nothing about these buck, these Bearcats. You know what I care about? The Youngstown State Penguins and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Those are the teams I care about. I, uh, I just wanted to shout out um, the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, no, but it's Auburn versus Purdue. Purdue, who I'm sure only got that bid because of their win over Ohio State. So, oh, congratulations yeah, to the Boilermakers. Auburn's about to just, anyway, roll over them now. <laughs> that is going to be a massacre. But, you know. <laughs> hey, wouldn't it be so great, though, if they came out and played well and beat them? <laughs> no, no. I want to see them get destroyed. <laughs> I don't. They're the only. They're the only reason that we're not in the playoffs. So yeah. Well, no, we're the reason we're not in the playoffs. Thank you very much. There you go, That's, Keith. That Take is true. Take responsibility. But Keith, don't do the uh, urban route. I don't, Take responsibility. I don't want to hear none of that. <laughs> One right, of the bad quick, losses. Gosh, darn real it. quick before we move on to some other topics, who do you guys have winning the Heisman on Saturday? Tua. <sighs> Man, I really want to say Kyler. Honestly. I really do. Um, two is probably going to win it, though. But who would I pick? I would pick Kyler. I think Kyler's going to steal it. Um, I think his I think his performance in the Big 12 and the injury by two at, at the end of that SEC championship game, I think people are going to remember that. Um, 
I think Kyler's going to steal it somehow. Honestly, I'd probably give it really to close. I'd give it to Haskins over too. Honestly, Whoa. if they were undefeated, he'd be the <clears> I think <throat> he'd be the winner. If he were, if Ohio State was undefeated, yeah, that, that Purdue game weighs, weighed Ohio State down, and it's going to weigh Dwayne Haskins down because he was having a great season. And then that game happened, and then nobody was talking about him for the Heisman for like yep. three weeks. Yep. Well, I mean, that, how did he play in that game? I can't recall. I mean, it wasn't great. They, they lost. He didn't play well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could have. He had four hundred seventy yards and two touchdowns in that game. How much did they lose by? They lost by twenty nine. So it, he didn't play well. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That's the sad thing because he has he has. He has like almost a thousand more yards than Tua. Now, granted, Alabama did score a lot of rushing touchdowns and all those type of things, yeah. but I mean, my yeah. goodness, forty five hundred passing yards is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I, I'm, Tua I'm saying, play, and, and Tua didn't play a lot of fourth quarters either. Well, yeah, because Alabama wasn't playing nobody. Mm-hmm. But that could be said that that's to the strength of how well he played. It could be, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Tua. I think Tua still. I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but I, I just feel like Kyler might have stolen it from him in these last with the Wisconsin, not the Wisconsin, the West Virginia game and the Texas game. I think he might have stole it from him. We shall so, see. We shall see. All right, we're going to switch gears to the NFL. Um, the big headline this week was Mike McCarthy getting fired oh. by the Packers. Won a Super Bowl there, but they have really struggled this year early on. How much of the blame do you put on McCarthy for how this season has played out for the Packers? Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta put you know at the end of the day, the head coach is responsible. Period. Um, a lot of there's a lot of you know uh, stories about how him and Aaron Rodgers were not on the same page. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot going on in that locker room, and at the end of the day, it falls on the helm of the coach. So. Listen, fellas. Nope, I'm not gonna do it yet. But I, I, nope. I definitely, I definitely, oh. I, I blame McCarthy for sure. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the moves they made, you know, get rid of Ha Ha Clinton Dix and and all these type of things were not great moves. Um, they definitely are are not playing well without him. But I, I put it on the head, man. I do. Wow, <clears throat> uh, Malcolm, what's 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 your take? I mean, I, I see. You know, if, first of all, if he's not getting along with your best player, then you've got to make a change um, because Aaron Rodgers is the entire reason they have a football team in Green Bay right now. Um, so I get that, but I I would really put this more on the front office. Um, they lost some talent this off season. They've never been able to adequately fill the running back position. So Aaron Aaron Rodgers has never had the support at the running back position that he's needed to. Never. Um, they kind of they kind of tripped and fell into Ty Montgomery, and then that kind of fizzled out. Um, and then you know they got Jimmy Graham, which was a good pickup, and he's been you know solid for them. Uh, but he's been solid. He's no, been solid. he has not. He they have not he, been giving that man the ball. Listen, my fantasy team. He's got forty four. He's got forty four catches, five hundred thirty six yards, and two, t- two touchdowns. Man, that dude is a fantasy disappointment. Let me tell you, I've well, had him. Okay, I fantasy, am an owner. There you go. I am an <laughs> owner, and I thought he was going to put up See. better numbers with Aaron Rodgers. Believe I me, you were, I thought you were giving us unselfish uh, uh, no. critiques, but this is all about you, Keith. That's right. My <laughs> fantasy team needed him to come through. 
Sheesh. Um, but yeah, they you know they lost Jordy Nelson in the off season. Um, Randall Cobb, I believe. Randall Cobb's hurt, right? He's always hurt. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so you're down to Devontae Graham, who's actually had a pretty good year, but then you've got people that you've never even heard of. Uh, Dromino Allen, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Like, who the hell is that? Um, and so it's the, the talent isn't the way it should be, and they really didn't replenish and develop some of the young talent. Yeah. The defense has been up and down. Clay Matthews has fallen off a cliff over the last two or three years. Uh, where he's doing Old Spice commercials and it's the face of the league in some areas. And then he just, he's between injuries and just not playing well, he's been non-existent. And then they make these moves um, at the trade deadline, trading away Clinton Dix and others um, that make you think that maybe they're punting on the season. So I, I lay a lot of it on the front office because they have not surrounded Aaron Rodgers with the talent he needs to really uh, make this team elite. And, he can make this team good, and they've been good. But when you have a player like Aaron Rodgers in his prime, um, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the game, um, you want to extend that window as much as possible. And I feel like they haven't done that. I uh, this is a very curious tale of Mike McCarthy, but um, it does remind you of similarly a few years ago. There was a coach that was fired. After he had a really successful run and, you know, a lot of playoffs, had a great quarterback under his care that did some great things with him. And um, then he had some, you know, some toward the end of his tenure, his team's kind of flamed out. And now he's in Kansas City and they're the toast. They're the toast of the league. Mm. And so this could we could be looking at an Andy Reid type arc. And mind you, the difference being Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl ring. Andy Reid still does not. As a coach, have a Super Bowl ring. So you're looking at a guy with a ring, 125, 77 and two record, but in the playoffs, nine, nine appearances, 15 in one season, uh, they had, and and yeah, they they have. I, there were years where you look at that team and like Malcolm, you know, kind of alluded to when they had talent, when they had a uh, 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 younger Tom Montgomery, when they had Greg Jennings, when they had Jordy Nelson, when they had. Uh, Randall Cobb, um, that defenses were afraid to yeah. go up against the Packers, um, um, and when they had a semblance of a running game as well, um, and and so it's, it's 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 again it's it's an optics thing. Everybody everybody's been talking about the fact that teams with coaching vacancies are salivating over the availability of Mike McCarthy. Should they be? I think is the question. Sometimes these guys just lose their edge. They come in, um, and that's what you know. That's why you see a lot of people pursuing uh, these young college offensive gurus, things like that, um, because they're they're fresh. They they have not been worn down by uh, the 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 having to manage personnel and a lot of the different um, things that go on when it, when you get to be an NFL head coach. But uh, I think that has to become the question is, does Mike McCarthy have a lot of people question his philosophy saying that he did not adapt to modern NFL. Um, and so you, you, I think that's the, that's the more most important thing is this, is this a guy who's going to be able to maximize your talent and play the game the way that it's effectively being played. Now we see in the NBA, uh, some, some coaches just struggling to deal with the fact that, you know, that, uh, hey, the three ball is is the crux of the game now. 
Um, is that what you want leading your team? But I'm surprised that they fired him the way they did. I'm not surprised that he got canned, but I don't, I don't, I'm not crying many tears. I think Mike McCarthy gets a job pretty quickly. Sounds like the next Browns head coach to me. I don't know if I need that energy. Um, yeah. Listen, fellas, you know, you know what really pisses me off? I'm really bitter about this situation, and here's why. Okay. This is a Super Bowl champion. Mm. Four. He made it to four NFC title games. Talk about it, Keith. Ten playoff victories. Yes, Reverend. Ten playoff victories. Ten of them. And got canned. And Uh-oh. Marvin Lewis has had 16 <laughs> freaking seasons. Hasn't had one playoff victory. Not one. But he continues to get his contract renewed time after time again. It is utterly disgraceful. It is. I mean, I, I am. I was pissed off when I seen his resume and I seen, you know, why he had a job as long as he did. And I think back to why Marvin Lewis still has his job after three or four years. I've been crying for him to have his job, you know, taken four years ago. It just it just continues to speak to the mediocrity and the stupidity and what I believe in in my hot take is that Marvin Lewis, he's got something on Mike Brown. He's got some <laughs> type of pictures, he's got some type of reports, or he's got something on the Brown family as a whole. They they be doing orgies, something. He's got something on them <laughs> oh, that man. that if he gets fired or something like that, he will expose them. That's why he still has a job. Because there is no other logical reason why this man still has a job. Hey man, it's those it's those Twitter the, the burner accounts. I'm telling you, man, he's he's got something for real. So I just look, I'm pissed off. I am not happy, but I I wish that a guy like McCarthy can come be our coach. But we mm. won't go we won't go after him because Marvin Lewis is okay with mediocrity. So that was my rant. I'm thankful for everyone listening. Well, guys, if you want to understand Keith's pain, the last time Marvin Lewis was not a head coach. LeBron James was still playing high school basketball. So that's how long he's been there. 16 long suffering years. Years of suffering. Listen, I mean, the year of Jubilee has to be coming soon. I mean, something. We got got to have something. I mean, good Lord. I I mean, I will say that that could be an interesting landing spot for McCarthy, though. Don't get my hopes up, Ian. Next topic. I mean, if I mean, they'll they, probably they, hire him as a special teams coach or something, right? <laughs> or assist, <laughs> assistant to the assistant to the head coach. Yes, yeah, assistant to the owner. <laughs> right. We about to shoot. We gonna. Oh God, I don't know what we gonna do, y'all. So next, guys, I was gonna talk about Kareem Hunt, but I don't want to talk about that depressing situation. Let's talk about more joyful things. <laughs> um, let's talk about the hottest team in the NFL right now, the Houston Texans. Started the year out 0-3 and are now 9-3 on a nine-game winning streak and looking to take control of that AFC South division. Um, You guys, what has been the key for the Texans um, in this hot streak that they're on currently? An incredible and somehow underrated defense. Had deep, Mm. yes, sir. Um, And I'll tell you exactly what it is why they're underrated but yeah uh that that's been the key that front um jj watt is not done 
He's not finished. Um, And he's spoken about the fact that it's only the beginning when JJ's in it. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, he's spoken about the fact that, you know, a lot of people have been counting him out. And honestly, I I, I didn't feel like I saw a whole lot of questioning whether JJ Watt was done. But um, there was a there was a concentrated move from coverage about him because he kept getting injured. It wasn't mm-hmm. his fault, but it also was not the media's fault. I mean, you, we're going to flock to who the the most, you know, most budding star is, is making the most noise in the moment. It's a very, what have you done for me lately world um, um, as an NFL star. But yeah, that defense is incredible. I don't really want to talk about them because they just beat my Browns, who um, <laughs> who were hoping to at least finish near the top of, of the division, which would have been huge for us. Uh, we still can, but that game was a heartbreaker. The issue is, and I hate to say this, but when you look at some of the things going on, they did lose Will Fuller for the year, and he mm. was very, very key to their vertical attack. Um, uh, 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 Cootie, I, I forget Kute. Yeah, I, I just Q-T. I want his yeah. I want his name. Yeah, is it QT? It was QT. Yeah. Okay. Thank God, because I don't want to call that man Cootie, but uh, <laughs> Cootie, but um. <laughs> But you know he is—he's struggling with injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the issue becomes, and and really has been with the Texans, their health, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to see that again. That's the reason I can't really put a whole lot of stock in what they're doing, because whether it's Clowney or whether it's Watt or whether it's Hopkins or whether it's, it's you know Kuti or or uh, or Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't have the confidence that they will stay healthy for the long run. And uh, I don't know if, if I'm hating or what, because I, I kind of I do want to see them do well. They're fun to watch, um, mm-hmm. but I just don't I, don't I don't believe that they'll be able to sustain it health wise. Well, in the division that they're in, they're definitely it's definitely possible. Um, Jacksonville's taking a huge step back. Yep. Um, yeah. In Indianapolis, Andrew Luck has been you know a borderline MVP candidate, but that team is still pretty weak overall. Um, and this defense, like you said, it's for real. Uh, J.J. Watt is not done. J.J. Watt is back. He's back, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, and one of the underrated names that I think people for a while have been wanting to call this guy a bust. But Jadavion Clowney has also come up big for this team. Yep. Um, and as he's gotten healthy, you can see the numbers starting to creep up. Last year, uh, when J.J. was hurt, he finished the year with nine sacks. He's already got seven so far this year. Um, this defense is for real, and this offense, I think, is doing just enough, especially with Deshaun Watson, I think, finally kind of hitting his stride coming back from that injury. They lost Will Fuller, but they were able to add Demarius Thomas, who's been giving them a lift, and Jordan Thomas has been pretty good for them over the last couple games as well. Um, obviously, if they had Will Fuller, you're looking at a team that is as talented on offense as any team. Yeah. Um, but I think this team in the in a playoff scenario with that defense, Deshaun Watson, who kind of gives you a little bit of that Cam Newton feel, um, gives you the athleticism, can throw the ball, and does just enough to win games. Yep. I think this team could be a threat in the AFC and could probably be a team similar to that Jacksonville la- team last year yep. who come into the playoffs and win an opening round game and make things interesting. If healthy. Yep. yep. It it really, you know, it, it comes down to like like uh, Ian said and both of you actually lamented, um, this defense is for real. Um their my only concern with their defense is their secondary. Um mm-hmm. they give they give up a lot of big plays passing, um, touchdown passes and all. 
Um, but the the key for them is they get enough pressure up front to really uh, yeah. impact that. So um, they kind of make up for that. But if you get a line who's who's going to be able to give enough, you know, um, time, they they could they could have some issues for sure. But um, shout out to Deshaun Watson who is making enough plays. He still makes a few too many mistakes in the sense of throwing balls that he shouldn't. Um, but if if they could just get one running back to give them consistency, like they will be a dangerous team. Um, the pickup of Demarius Thomas has definitely helped. Um, if Kiki QT can stay healthy, healthy, I can't. I'm looking forward to watching this team continue to play. That's for sure. So let's go ahead and move forward with our picks for this week. We're just going to do a couple games. Um, big one in the NFC East Eagles travel to Jerry world to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been on a four game winning streak starting mm-hmm. with their last game against the Eagles. The Eagles have won their last two. What do you guys think is going to be the outcome for this one? Did not expect for this to be as tough, but like you said, both of these teams seem to be hitting stride. Um, I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, very surprised, but it's the uh, the stability in the running game that becomes the difference. Having Ezekiel Elliott is a is a a, ju- a jewel um, when it comes to these type of matchups, and and I think they can do just enough outside. Um, Dak is 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 serviceable, but he's not losing them ball games, um, yeah. and so I, I think that becomes the difference. Yeah. Um... The Eagles just don't look very good, honestly, right now mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, they're they're not giving Carson Wentz time to make throws. Um, they're shut, you know defenses are shutting down Alshon Jeffrey. Um, the one highlight for their offense really is that you know they're finding Zach Ertz for a ton of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean the Eagles just don't look very good. They don't look very good defensively either. Um, they just so happened to get blessed at the fact that Washington had Mark Sanchez oh of the all Sanchez. people, uh, but fumble in the flesh. Um, they had him <laughs> but playing a quarterback. But fumble in the flesh is a crazy sentence. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. Um, <laughs> man. So the way this Cowboys defense is playing, I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys as well. Um, I think the Eagles will struggle offensively. And I think the Cowboys will do just enough. They got to continue to feed Zeke, as they've been doing with the run and in the passing game, continuously finding Amari Cooper. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with the, the Cowboys 24-20. Oh, I didn't give a score. Sorry. Oh, what's, your, what's your score again? Uh, oddly, um, 27-10. to 10. Mm. Well, I agree. I think the Cowboys are going to win this one, and it's going to be because of their defense. Yeah. Um, um, the one wild card I will say, Darren Sproles coming back for the Eagles last week was big for them. He gave that offense a spark. Um, and as he continues to get healthier and get more comfortable and has those fresh legs, I think he could help them give give them a dimension to their offense that they've been missing, particularly in the, in the running game. But this Dallas defense is playing really well right now. They're hitting on all cylinders, and I don't see a reason why um, they would slow down off this winning streak. So I think they make it five, and I think they win 24 to 10. Mm-hmm. The other game we'll be talking about, this is a, another NFC game that earlier in the year, I don't know if we would have even talked about, but the Los Angeles Rams travel to the Chicago Bears. Yep. 
Um, two teams vying for um, supremacy in the NFC East. Uh, the Rams have already clinched their division, and the Bears are looking to um, get a stranglehold on the NFC East. Excuse me, NFC North. So, guys, what do you guys think about this one? Um, it's interesting because the Rams struggled against Detroit's defense this past week. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, you know, they scored a couple touchdowns pretty late, you know, thanks to Todd Gurley. Uh, bless up for him being on the fantasy team. Um, Go ahead and bless him. Yes, yes, Lord, please. Who, man, I need this win. Um, <laughs> but in the Bears, they, they their defense is known just like Houston's to get pressure with Khalil Mack and mm-hmm. um, Rokon Smith, and you know, yeah. I mean, I, I I like Chicago's defense a whole lot. I just think that the Rams have a little bit too much offense, and I think with Trubisky coming back, he may make one mistake that could be critical. Uh, but I think I think this will be a little bit closer. I think the Bears defense will keep it a little bit tighter. Um, but I do think the Rams will end up pulling it out. Uh, I think the Rams will win 27 to 17. Um, I'm looking forward, though, to seeing what the Bears can continue to do with Tariq Cohen. Um, when when Trubisky comes back, you know, how's that run game going to look? Jordan Howard has not been very um important or hasn't been very productive recently it's been really about the passing offense um finding uh cohen and and robinson and taylor gabriel and all those guys so it'll be interesting he's supposed to make a uh, trubisky supposed to be back this week so i'll be interested to see what that offense does but i still think the rams will just have a little bit too much offense and the bears will make one one mistake that may really cost them uh yeah i'm going rams here um both teams are definitely showing promise offense to defense. Chicago, Khalil Mack still playing at a high level. Um, and, yeah, what they've been able to do with Tariq Cohen uh, is really good. But um, outside of that, you know, I think you've got a lot of wide receivers underachieving. Um, Allen Robinson, you know, is not shaped up to be what it is that we thought he would be, although he was the number one option coming into the year. Um, Jordan Howard, as you mentioned, uh, not really getting it done. Rams, even though they've had injury, uh, when you got Todd Gurley in the backfield um, and you're giving Jared Goff time, and he's uh, he was not very efficient, wasn't very good um, against Detroit. But um, I still think you know the overall talent disparity and the fact that the Rams their, their defense doesn't play around either. Um, it, it, it gives them a save. So I got the Rams actually taking this one 24 to 20. Well, guys, I'm going to be the one that breaks up the party. Um, mm. I'm calling for a Bears upset in this one. Mm. Um, first of all, they're going to get a lift from not having to play the human backup, the human embodiment of backup quarterbacking, Chase Daniel. <laughs> um, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to give them a boost. I think playing in Chicago, um, L.A. team coming east to play in Chicago is going to be a cold night game. Um at Soldier Field, I think that's going to give the Bears an advantage. I think Khalil Mack and that defense are going to be able to put pressure on Jared Goff. Um, so I'm going to say the Bears get an upset here. Um, I think they're motivated to win this division and prove that they're an elite team in the NFC. Um, and I think that they're going to win this one 20-17. You think they're elite now? Huh? You think Chicago's elite now? Uh, whew. Their defense is. I just. I. I don't trust Mitch Trubisky. I don't either. 
he kind of fits into that that Blake Bortles category of oh Andy man Dalton. he was really good that game and then he'll just throw a dud the next one so um, yeah. it's been, it's been really Kirk Cousins you know well not even that <laughs> not even yeah I think Kirk Cousins I think Kirk Cousins would be upgraded at this point but no I, I like Chicago I really just don't I think they're a year away yeah. I agree. They need some more weapons to help out Trubisky on offense. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a couple NBA topics. The big news, obviously, was Markel Fultz being diagnosed with a disorder that I'm not even going to try to repeat because um, it sounds made up. Um, <laughs> the team believes that he could be back in three to six weeks and that um, the nervous order that he does have um, will be fixed with some physical therapy. So we, we kind of have speculated on this for quite some time, um, whether or not this was an injury-related issue or this was all in his mind. What do you guys think the future lies for him, specifically this season? Can he come back and help this team, or do you think this season is, is a lost cause at this point? I don't know, honestly. Here's what I can tell you. I just hope that that brother gets the psychological help that he needs. Seriously, that within these next few weeks, I'm really hoping and, and will even pray um, that, you know, he gets some good counseling. You know, who knows if it's even his shoulder for real. They probably tried to look up some type of crazy thing that they can find on the Internet or, <laughs> or call up a team doctor and look, give us something that we can put out so he can go to counseling and we can make it seem like it's a shoulder. Um but no, I mean, if he has a shoulder injury, you know, hopefully this this physical therapy will help. But he needs some counseling. He needs to be, you know, on a couch talking through his thoughts and talking through the way he's feeling. What is impacting him? Because the dude, and I think Stephen A. said it best, he looks like he forgot how to play basketball. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just hope that, you know, in a few weeks, maybe in a month or, or two, that we can see a guy who, you know, gotten has gotten some help and all that because mental health is real um malcolm you and i we know you know some of the things that our wives deal with and and other people like it is real and everyone needs help everyone dealing with it you know it's not some super spiritual thing where you know you could just pray it away all the time sometimes you need some people to talk to to really work through some of the issues and underlying issues that you may be dealing with so I have no idea. All I'm saying is that I hope and pray that he can get better. Keith, I feel like you're one of a lot of people who are acting like thoracic outlet syndrome is not a norm in our society. Um, when I heard it's... that, I was like, oh, he has an injury from throwing outlet passes? <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, but I have no fear. We shouldn't fret. He's going to be training. With one of the, he's going to Mamba Academy. He's going to be training <laughs> with one of Kobe's former, uh, former physical therapists. And so all is well. Um no, no, no. I, I, I know this. This syndrome was supposed to affect nerves between the the neck and and uh, and what was it? It's it's the neck and some other part of the body. But it seems, yeah, I'm in the shoulder. Definitely seems like he got some nerves going on between the ears. And uh, to be the number one pick and to know that something's wrong with your body. Uh, to know you aren't physically able to go and perform full-fledged and either to not disclose or to try to mask the fact that there's an issue and play through it. I mean, we've been going through this for over a year now. Yeah. Um, all the public scrutiny, everything going on, 
guys are clowning you in the NFL. You're on you're on Instagram laughing about it. Um, something's wrong. Something is something is definitely wrong. And so I'm I'm glad that this has been reported. Unfortunately, it doesn't put it to rest. Um, until he comes back and he plays and he looks like he he was deserving of being even a lottery pick, let alone the number one pick, uh, it's still going to be a story. Um, and that's how guys become the laughing stock, and, and that, that affects them even further. I think what Philly is hoping for, he comes back, he plays you know moderately well off the bench, uh, well enough for them to move. I don't think that they have uh, any real aspirations of him being a part of, quote-unquote, the process moving forward. And so I, I, I hope to see him um, still become a serviceable guy, if not an all-star. I, I love a redemption story here, but at some point he's going to have to answer for why things played out the way that they did. Yep. In the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Um, <laughs> That's true. Thank you. I would love to see, you know, we're, we're all rooting for Markel Fultz hopefully get together. I'm, I'm not going to lie, this injury sounds completely made up. It sounds like they went to five doctors and they all told him, ain't nothing wrong with his shoulder. And they went to some random guy who works out of a, a, a little office with holistic medicine on his uh, uh, on his on his door. And he was like, yeah, it's yeah. thoracic, Jurassic, outlaw, outlet passing syndrome. <laughs> you can't feel it. It's just there. <laughs> it just completely sounds made up. Um, I, you know, I hope he can figure it out. Um, because if he, if he can figure it out, he's the piece that they need a guy off the bench who you saw that Washington, he could get to the basket at will. He was, he had no problem shooting a jumper. And right now he looks like that kid, um, you know, in the pickup games who no one wants to pick. And then, you know, instead of like being motivated by that and getting better, he, he actually really sucks in the game and no one wants to pass yep. the ball. Uh-huh. And when he uh-huh. does make a shot, people like overreact like, yeah, self-check, self-check. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah. It, and it's hard to see, you know, these, uh, the Philly crowds, when he hits a basket, they, you know, give him the Rudy chant and they're all excited. And it's like, you can just feel like he knows that he's not where he wants to be. So I just hope he can get healthy. Um, I th- be, I think this season is complete. I don't think he's going to be ready to be any substantial help to them this year. Um, but hopefully he can get healthy, put in some work this offseason, and next year can be a big, a big piece for them. Um, all right, well, we're running short on time, but you know we're not going to leave without doing our parting words. So, Ian, give us your parting words for tonight. I want to uh, take a second. I want to shout out uh, um, our uh, the 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 late George uh, George Bush, the father. Um, H-W. You know, H.W. I mean, I know it's Herbert Walker, y'all. I just, I just don't <laughs> Just wanted to call him the father, but uh, not dub, not W, but man, I um, I saw a lot of different things about this man's passing, a lot of critique about you know what he did in office and things of that nature. Just want to encourage everybody, you know, um, um, leadership is a very intricate thing. Um, it does not involve a lot of easy decisions. Um, you don't get a lot of previews of what will happen after you made such decisions. So I can't vouch for his character or anything. I just want to uh, offer that, you know, we should honor our leaders for 
what they did, the good that they did. Critiquing them is fine. Um, but, you know, in someone's passing, let's at least have the respect to salute um, the fact that they did uh, serve their country, that they did do their best. You don't run for that office. You don't welcome that scrutiny unless you have ambitions to make the country better. So, um, you know, just want to prayers to the Bush family. And I want to say thank you to uh, to the late president. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do a side comment about 45, but <laughs> it was hard to leave it alone, but yeah, it is. Oh, I just really want to do that. But you know what? I'll leave that bum alone. All right, Keith, give us your parting words for tonight, man. I'm glad Ian didn't take mine. I want to shout out Jalen hurts. Um, hey. because with everything, you know, um, I'm sure plenty of opportunities for him to transfer, um, to go to a school like a LSU uh, before the, all the Joe Burrow stuff or, you know, other teams that desperately needed a quarterback. He decided to stick to his conviction, to stick to his commitment, and he cheered on Tua all year. And just the fact that, you know, when you're when you're true to something, sometimes it comes back and it blesses you. And he got an opportunity uh, to go in there and win the game for them when his team needed him so badly. And, uh, yeah, he showed out. He did his thing, scored a touch, a late touchdown for his crew. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just showed – I mean, really, that whole moment preaches, really. Um, but it was great to see. It was great to see for him. Um, so, yeah, my shout-outs goes to him. Um, that is the epitome of what um, sacrifice, of what um, – being all in really looks like. So I was really happy to see that, to see that moment for him because he deserved it. I'll be honest. I wanted to see him just go full Jimmy Butler after he scores a touchdown and go, y'all can't win without me. Mm. I just want to see him just go mm. crazy on him. Be like, yeah, coach, <laughs> you can't win without me. <laughs> uh, be a shout to Jalen Hurts. My shout out goes to two heavyweight champions, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder for putting on a incredible show um, in their title bout. Um, obviously, I think everybody would have would have rather had um, a decision one way or the other, but um, A, it guarantees we're going to we're gonna have a matchup. I mean, it's a, a matchup, a rematch. Um, I was rooting for Wilder, but Tyson really showed a lot of heart, really outboxed uh, Wilder for most of the fight. But Wilder, with his power, with his athleticism, was able to knock down Fury a couple times. And that last time, he looked like he was he was uh, he was out of here. <laughs> did y'all see that the ref took his sweet precious time going to count? He really did. Oh my he goodness! He really did. Yeah, man. He gave him every opportunity. Everyone. Um, but yeah, shout out to both of them. I'm, I really am excited about seeing a, uh, uh, a rematch between those two. Also, shout out to uh, the boxer Stevenson who was on the undercard. Um, he lost in a knockout, but he's actually still in a medically induced coma um, and had to do they had to do emergency brain surgery um, after taking him out of the arena. So shout oh, out to wow. his family. Um, boxing is such a brutal sport. And when you see guys that size, you know, that much speed, athleticism, um, it can happen. It's surprising that it doesn't happen more um, yeah. with these type of injuries. So, um, you know, prayers and thoughts are with him and his family. Hopefully he can come out of this and recover. Um, not to be a boxer, but just to be a human and uh, be with his family. So shout out to those guys. Well, that is 
another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast from Cleveland, Ohio. It's international Ian Lamont Morgan. Peace and grace. And in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's Keith Turner Jr. Manny Pacquiao, I really hope you knock out Adrian Broner. Cincinnati. What's up with you and these being against Cincinnati things, man? <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you heard Adrian Broner? Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, but that's your boy. That is not my boy. That is not my boy. That's your boy. No, you're going to tell me you don't like the Reds either. No, 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 no. Chill. I mean, you know, they, they disappoint <laughs> a lot. That's another subject, Malcolm. You were closing. Anyways, go ahead. You're right. Sorry. And, of course, it's your boy here in the capital city, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Kareem, why'd you do it? Hashtag home team.